1: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Uh, joining us is co-host T.J. Inman. Uh, we're going to be <clears throat> uh, talking the Indiana Too Deep that we put out about a week ago. Uh, to go over those positions. Uh, fans, you know, wrote in, wanted to uh, hear a podcast on that and, and we appreciate the fan suggestions. And if you do have suggestions uh, going forward on anything, just either shoot us an email, a uh, tweet, or, or put it in the comment section and we'll try and um, try and accommodate, accommodate you, answer your questions. we love, uh you know reader driven content as well uh tj how are you
2: i'm doing very well sammy
0: and i uh i second that comment we
2: uh appreciate the appreciate the readership and and listenership or whatever you call it uh for our podcast and, and we definitely appreciate the uh the comments and suggestions and questions you guys have and like you said uh get them to us uh in 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 a form and we can uh, do our best to answer those questions to the best of our ability, which you know is is sufficient most of the time so uh we had some good questions this week, and that's why I'm looking forward to talking about uh talking about the two deep which we had a ton of fun putting together and I think it uh it got a lot of people coming season, which you know is uh is something that we are definitely looking forward to as well so this should be a good show.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into the too deep in a second, TJ, but there's some breaking news. Um, yeah, Not 100% a, a official yet, but it looks like uh, running backs coach Dylan McCullough is heading um, to USC, uh, Southern Cal, uh, to be their running backs coach. It was just a matter of time, I think, of when uh, McCullough yeah. would leave IU. I thought he would leave for an NFL position. He's a tremendous coach, a tremendous person. And, uh, you know, if the when it becomes official, uh, we'll wish him the best of luck out west and we'll see where the Hoosiers turn to in terms of running back coach. This would mean that all of Kevin Wilson's coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball is gone. Um, So it will definitely be a much different flavor on the offensive side of the ball when spring practice starts. Hopefully you know, from what it seems like through the other hires is that Tom Allen kind of foresaw these moves coming, uh, had guys in mind uh, for these positions and made a quick decision. And um, the offensive line coach was – it took a little bit of time just because it was, you know, a couple weeks before signing day or a week before signing day and then soon thereafter they, they hired him. Uh, hired Hiller, and then they hired um, Nick Sheridan as well as the quarterbacks coach. So, you know, hopefully Tom Allen has guys in mind. Uh, We'll see who he goes to. There's a handful of candidates that I've been uh, talking with other writers about, and, you know, we'll we'll see who they bring in. But let's get to the two deep. Uh, We've got one of our um, loyal readers, Tokyo Steve, has a, a couple of questions on the offensive line and yep. uh, some other questions as well. His first question was, uh, you know, optimism about about the young guys from Greg Fry didn't mention Hunter Littlejohn. Um, you know, I, we saw Hunter Littlejohn working out, uh, at that open workout, uh, earlier this week. He looks strong. He looks like a guy who could play center or, or guard, um, He's a compact, big guy, and I, those are your stereotypical centers. I, uh, you know, I think with the new offensive line coach, we'll see where they go, what his philosophy is, are, are the best guys going to play? Uh, but I think that was just an oversight uh, from from Fry on Lil, on Little John.
2: Yeah, I, you know, it's going to be very interesting, and and. Um... Yeah thanks Tokyo Steve for the for the comments and, and the questions you you the man I've always thought that we have international appeal and you prove it so that's great. Uh, yeah I I'm very interested to see how the middle positions of the offensive line play out. Uh and and we projected and I, I do suggest while you're listening to this podcast uh just pulling up the uh, the two deep and, and have it ready because we're, you know, we're not going to go through this thing like a list. That'd be boring, but um, just to kind of go through it with us and, and have in front of you and see what we projected, uh, which is our
0: best. And, guess. Uh, so I'll opening. put a link to it on the podcast as well. Uh, for those yeah. of you who are not listening live. Uh, but as TJ was saying, this, too deep what is supposed to be what we project it is going to be on opening night it's not a um it's not a if the season started today uh what it would be like it's projecting it down the road now there there will be probably some changes if injuries happen guys perform well in spring ball that we see and stuff like that things will change but um it was. This is supposed to be what it. What the lineup. We think the lineup will look like uh, when Ohio State comes to town on August 31st. Right. Uh, so let's let's right. start. You know, we've already started on the offensive line. Um, let's continue there. Tj, this was the one position that I really. You know, you didn't really know. Um, where yeah. each guy would be slotted. Uh, there was a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, it depends on the philosophy of the coach and what coach Darren Hiller wants. Is he going to have the best guys, you know, play regardless of position? Uh, if, if that happens, then you, you might see um, something like Brandon Knight go to center and Delroy Baker slide up to, to start at right tackle uh, and, and things like that. Um, but, we went with um, the best at each position, so that that's it's the one position I really was not that clear about.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. I I mean we, yeah I think the the one spot on the offensive line that to me uh, looks like a lock. He's it, healthy is Koi Kronk at left tackle, a uh, returning sophomore that that had a very strong freshman season and. Um, the the coaching staff and and you know announcers and, and fans uh, it's very easy to see the potential for him to develop into an all Big Ten tackle uh, you know pretty soon here in his career after that I mean we went West Martin to left guard you can certainly make an argument for Mackenzie uh who comes in as a redshirt freshman now uh, from Texas and, and just a guy that uh incredibly strong uh and I, his tape in the, from high school uh it certainly gave you plenty of reason to be excited about him and it, it I, I we went with Wes Martin just based on, you know, the experience level and he, he played pretty well last year. Uh and then it gets pretty pretty cloudy. Uh Simon Stepaniak, uh Hunter Littlejohn, Devondre Love, Jamaris Bowen, uh
0: might Switch from uh, from defense back uh, to off note, the line. Yeah, a note on Bowen. It, it's uh, we're just speculating. Uh, the number, new numbers for yeah. for the guys okay. coming in for spring practice came out, and him and Mike McGinnis are wearing the same number. Um, yeah. As all of you know, uh, or most of you know, if you don't know, uh, you cannot have the same number twice on each side of the ball. So you cannot have two number fifty fives uh, play on defense. So that's leading me to believe that Jamaris Bowen is going to switch back to the offensive line. And there's a little bit of history between Hiller and Bowen. When Hiller was at Cincinnati, he recruited Bowen to the offensive line. So it makes sense that Bowen Mm -hmm. could potentially be on that side of the ball. And, and Hiller has recruited or had a hand in recruiting, um, some of these uh, offensive linemen when he was at Cincinnati, so he does have a relationship with some of them, uh, and it, it's not like he's coming in cold, uh, not knowing anybody. He, yeah. well he, he didn't coach them at the college level, he's familiar with their game from the high school level.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, and, it, you know, a new offensive line coach only clouds this position further for us. Uh, I, I do think that they're – is certainly going to be an open competition for, I mean, all these positions, but specifically uh, the offensive line. And, I, you know, Brandon Knight, you figure we'll start at right tackle. That's what we're projecting. I think it would be a surprise if he didn't. But, as you mentioned, you know, he could slide in and you then move, uh, you know, Delroy Baker over to right tackle to get if if you feel like, Delroy Baker is one of your best five linemen and you want him on the field as well as Brandon Knight, then you slide Knight inside to center or guard. Um, it, it's just going to be very interesting to see how it shakes out. Uh, and as, I think Tokyo Steve's question was, did we have any type of, you know, inside info or anything like that that would lead us to project Hunter Littlejohn at right guard? Uh, no, not, not really. Um, I think that we we placed him there uh, because we feel like he's a good fit at guard. Uh, we loved him uh, coming out of high school into the program, and uh, you know he he's performed well for the scout team. Uh, the coaches have have spoken well about him in the past. Not in the, you know, he was left out of the one comment that that from Greg Fry that Tokyo Steve was referring to, but. Um, Overall I, I I think that they have a very positive impression of him. Um and I, I, I just we placed him there as kind of a crapshoot with with other guys. I mean, I don't think it'd be a surprise to any of us to see uh, Simon Stepaniak playing guard instead of center or Hunter Littlejohn playing center instead of guard or uh, you know, Mackenzie Noira ending up as a starter. I don't think that would shock any of us. Um, the offensive line, I think definitely an unsettled position that's going to be a lot of fun to watch in
0: the spring. Definitely. And um, what what was the next question from Tokyo, Steve? I, I know there, there was one about playing a lineman. I'm trying to bring up the other ones, but the computer's being a little funny and fussy. Um, there was one – oh, Jamie Thompson uh, is another yeah. question going yeah. over to the defensive side of the ball. I just don't know if he sees the field. IU is very deep at right. the safety position and they're bringing in two guys and Brian Fitzgerald and um, uh, Jawan Burgess who can come in and play right away. Uh, and Jamie Thompson, yes. uh, you know, he was a highly recorded uh, Juco recruit um, who was formerly at Ohio state. I just don't know if he, he's, See the see the, the field. You have Tony Fields, Jonathan Crawford, and Marcelino Ball, who played very well last year. And then you have Dutra yep. coming back, um, and some other guys, and, and add in Burgess and and uh, Fitzgerald. And, and I don't think you have room for him uh, out there, unless he shines in um, unless he shines in, in spring practice. I just Don't know uh, where he is. He's been banged up. He's missed a lot of time in terms of practice uh, and all of that. So uh, that's my take on Jamie Thompson. Uh, It's disappointing. He was supposed to be a big piece of the defense, but I think IU will be fine uh, without him on the field. Uh, Next up, I believe is a defense. Go ahead on that. Real
2: quick on that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Him and Wesley Green, who was a transfer from South Carolina, uh, two guys that we definitely thought were going to be relied upon to improve the secondary uh, last season. Jamie Thompson missing a lot of time, as you said, with the uh, toe injury that just prevented him from practicing for a long period of time, and he never got into the lineup after that. Um, And then you know Wesley Green uh, suspended. I'm not sure exactly how many games he ended up being suspended for. It was an indefinite suspension
0: and um he, he came never back really broke I think, him. in the middle of the season and he yeah. played some on special teams. I think he yeah yeah he kind it of went unnoticed kind of those. like yeah
2: those two transfers we'll see where they go. didn't really end up being needed. Um honestly they were oh. they were outperformed clearly by you know and we didn't see this, but clearly the coaches felt that they were outperformed in practice um, by younger players, which you know, we have no reason to project that, that it would change as they bring in other talented guys and, and bring back uh, the guys that performed well last year. So it's just a really deep position that uh, Jamie Thompson, if he's going to earn playing time, is going to have uh, to really surprise and step up, which is possible because was well regarded enough as a talent to uh, to perform in JUCO and, and and do well at Ohio or to uh do well enough to earn a scholarship to Ohio State at first. Uh so I you know, it it's possible but right now there's no logical reason to uh to project him on the too deep with the guys that, that are coming back that were already ahead of him. So that's our thinking yeah, on that. I, mean, I yeah. do understand the question. So it's it's yep. an interesting one to watch.
0: Yeah, and if the two-deep means anything, it it's probably doesn't mean much. Uh, we saw it with yeah. Kevin Wilson where the two-deep is is just fodder for the media to, sure. to put something out and, and talk about, uh, which is exactly what we're doing. But, yeah. you know, it, it does give you some guidelines. Uh, I, I do think that positions like wide receiver, which we'll talk about here shortly – Uh, wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, um, and the secondary and and some linebackers a little bit, you're going to have more than the two deep play. And and we've seen that you're going to need, you know, three or four, uh, you know, total defensive tackles. You're going to need six in that rotation. You're going to need two or three at at each defensive end spots to step up. Uh, If this, defense is going to improve upon the improvement from last year but let's get to yeah. the wide receivers uh Indiana should have on paper one of the best if not the best wide receiver core in the big ten uh, they return Nick Westbrook who went for nine hundred and ninety five yards last year Simi Cobbs is returning from injury he looked okay he looked pretty good going through workouts the other day um, he's strong he's he- he's healthy he's back to uh, being on the field. Having him and Westbrook as the number one receivers on the outside is going to be huge. That's, those are two – we'll give Westbrook the 1,000 yards. That's two 1,000-yard receivers uh, coming back. Yep. Uh, and then in the slot, you lose Mitchell Page, but uh, you return uh, Luke Timian, uh, who came up with some big catches so far in his, his, uh, his IU career. You know, you saw that that catch against Michigan State, the, the touchdown in the bowl game, uh, catch against Maryland a couple years ago when they really needed the first down. Uh, he's a guy who could slide right into uh, that slot position. And then behind him, you're, you're going to have probably, we put Wob Fillier, the freshman, uh, but you also have Jayshon Harris returning from two knee injuries. Now, he was. Limited, yeah. uh, uh, you know, he's still getting uh, back into shape and back into health-wise coming off of two knee injuries. He's kind of our wild card. We we put out David Sugarman, uh, put out our wide receiver pre- preview this morning, and, and we put Jason Harris as that wild card. We really don't know what we're going to get. Is he going to come back to his uh, 2014 form when he was a freshman and played very well? Um, or is he going to look a little bit rusty and like a guy who has not played in a football game in two years? Um, we'll see where Jason Harris is, but if he comes back to, even if he was 75% or 60% of the guy he was as a freshman, he'll be a nice uh, weapon to plug in for IU as well. So they go deep at this uh, at receiver, and then you'll have, um, Taysier Mack, who's a tremendous fre- uh, redshirt freshman, uh, will come in, probably slide behind uh Simi Cobbs and, and then Donovan Hale uh behind uh Nick mm-hmm. Westbrook. One commenter uh asked me today if Donovan Hale would go back to quarterback with no. the the coaching changes. I there's I don't see that happening. Um no. unless, you know, a wrecking ball comes in and hits the, the quarterbacks when they're going through warm-ups or something, there's just no way he's—he's he's a, a gr- tremendous athlete. He spent last year at receiver um, all fall camp, and you just can't bounce him between back and forth. Um, it just you stunt his development at, at either position, and then you just—you just have a guy who doesn't belong anywhere. Donovan Hale is a tremendous athlete. He has good hands. We saw him uh, with a couple deep catches last year and you could see his role expand uh, this year backing up uh, Nick Westbrook. Yeah, I,
2: I agree with those things. I think the one that uh, kind of surprised him, Pete Arting a Swat, I, I mean, I, that would not be a surprise at all to me. Um, that's immediately what I thought of in my head when I was going through it. Um, I just think Luke Timian's very solid. I think he's very consistent. And I, I think that there is a trust factor um, with him and the quarterback because of how good his hands are uh, and how, how good of routes that he runs. And I, I think he's a perfect fit for that slot. They're going to miss Mitchell Page. There's no doubt about that. But Luke Timian, uh is a, a very adequate guy to step into those shoes. And then, you know, the other two guys you mentioned, Watt Fillier and Jason Harris, um, you know, Jason Harris, based on what I have seen and read about Wap Fillier, Jason Harris is going to have to be uh, have to be 100% to beat him out uh, if they're going head-to-head for playing time and, and, and if Wap is healthy because uh, Wap Fillier is a explosive athlete that is capable of, Taking a, a, a quick slant and going the distance with it. Um, both of those guys, if Harris is healthy, both of them bring an explosiveness to the inside slot position uh, that, you know, I use offense. We've talked about it a lot. I use offense was missing at times last year the big playability. And I, you know, that the, the guys that they brought in and the guys that are coming off a of redshirt. Uh, and one that you didn't mention, you know, you got Banker, Taysier Mack, and, and Jonah Morris. Jonah Morris. Bill Banker, Jonah Morris, and Taysier Mack, guys that for the future, perhaps not this coming season um, because of Westbrook and Cobbs and Timian, but for the, for the 2018 season, they're guys that are going to be heavily relied upon. So this coming season, what you're looking for then is to be depth pieces, to be guys that can answer and step up when called upon, which uh, is nine guys, but it would not be a surprise to see all nine play uh, it, alex uh Alex Compton wrote in his uh in his red shirt preview that you know Mike the is a guy that plays a lot of receivers, his history uh Tennessee, if you go back and look at those box scores, they played a lot of guys at the wide receiver position, so expect the same uh from Indiana. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a group that um I think that the top of it is pretty settled in my opinion and is elite in terms of comparing it to the rest of the conference. And then I think the bottom uh I don't say bottom in a derogatory term, but kinda of the the bottom uh second and third group is gonna be a group that the competition is gonna be very fierce for those snaps and, and they will be available. It's just a matter of who can step in and and be a guy that is reliable when inserted into the game and you don't have the drop off when you have Cobbs and Westbrook on the bench for, you know, catch their breath or, or just, you know, part of your rotation. You can't have that drop off in games. You need for these depth pieces to to perform as if they were starters. And that's that's something yeah. that, Indiana has recruited well enough uh, for these guys to do that. They just have to go out and do it, and it starts uh, you know, right now as they're in their off-season developing program, and we'll see the first bit of it this spring. So um, I think that's a group that we, you know, I don't think we had too much trouble projecting. Um, it's just a matter of those guys, you know, being able to step up. And it is kind of unproven depth, but there's no reason to expect that at least – some of those players will not rise and, and look like potential stars.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you could go back to, you know, you said the second team wasn't as good. you go back to 2015 when IU had Jones page and Cobb, the right. number ones? And then when they brought in Andre Booker, uh, Damon Graham and, and Luke Timmy you know, it, it wasn't, you know, the threat of passing the ball, even with a guy like Nate Sudfeld. Sudfeld yeah. In the beginning of the year, wasn't really there. You'd, it became predictable. When they switched out from first team to second team, it was probably going to be a run. Now, Andre Booker yeah. came on late uh, in that year with two long touchdowns, and, you know, Luke Timian play, played well in spurts. Uh, but now uh, the depth, going into 2017 is much better than it has been the last couple of years, uh, and these guys now, you don't risk burning a red shirt by, by playing them, even if it's for, you know, a couple plays each game, you're not just wasting that red shirt year. Um, so, it, it'll be, they have plenty plenty of guys at wide receiver, and it's not a knock on them to be at the bottom, There's just somebody has to be at the top, and somebody has to be at the bottom, and they're going to probably play a lot of people and, and it'll be good for an up-tempo offense to run out two yep. or three units and, and wear down uh, the defense. TJ, next, let's go to quarterback. It, it's been one of the most discussed about uh, positions hey, yeah. and it's going to be one of the most um, watched position battles on this team. Right now we have Richard Lego as the number one and people probably, some of you lost your minds, um, When you read that, and that's fair, I'll give you that. He was frustrating in the watch at times, uh, throwing 19 interceptions, you know, completing 39.5% of his passes in the bowl game. But right now, Richard Lego gives this team the best chance to win. He threw for 3,300 yards. Uh, He has a strong arm. He has played college football before, uh, which is something that the other guys on the roster, aside from Danny Cameron, have played, um, and that's going to be huge as they open up against Ohio State and then travel on the road to Virginia. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll be very concerning if IU has to go with Peyton Ramsey or Nick Tronti to open the year, a guy who – guys who have not – and don't forget Austin King um, – guys who have not seen the field in in college. Uh, and, you know, you could say what you want about Lego, but he has the tools to be very good. He has the receivers to be very good. Uh, he just needs to fix the turnover problems and, and those couple of bad throws we've seen uh, in every game. But other than that, he, he should be, I think he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder, and, uh, you know, he'll be the starter week week one, barring something drastic?
2: Um, The something drastic would be uh, maybe Peyton Ramsey fits fits the offensive scheme um, better than Lego and has a tremendous spring where he progresses a ton and just picks up uh, the new system better than Lego does. I don't expect for that to happen right out of the gate. Um, and I agree with what you said, but like you you mentioned, this will be, I mean, honestly, it'll probably be the most watched position battle just because that's the nature of the quarterback position. Um, yep. And I, you know, I, I just, I, I want to caution people and we'll talk about this in the spring. I want to caution people from, you know, tracking if if somebody is at spring at an open practice or something and, and tweets out, oh. You know, Peyton Ramsey hit 80% of his throws, and and Lego hit 75. So Ramsey's pulled ahead. I mean, it's not going to be that cut and dry. So just you know, I I just caution people to be careful about stat tracking from you know open practices or or even from the spring game because there's going to be things that they work on differently, um, and they're going to be working with different receivers and against different defenses. And uh, but you know, it it will be interesting to see. Number one, how much Ramsey and King and Lego have all progressed under this new offensive staff. And then, you know, Nick Tronti. Uh, we've seen the highlights. We we love him coming in. Um, I I think ideally, he's a guy that's able to redshirt this season, um, and and you know let him. Weren't on the sidelines, play scout team, um, and and go from there. But we'll see. I mean, it, yeah. it's uh, a lot of unknowns at that position, um, and and it's it's they're gonna have to questions if they're gonna be successful. I think they can be. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, you know we'll we'll see. That's one that um, I think we said all that we can about it for now, and we'll certainly. Reevaluate um, or firm up our stance as we currently have it. Once we have more information from spring,
0: definitely. Um, and it is going to be the most watched position battle. I, I just we'll we'll see. We maybe you'll see Nick Tronti in a, a type of. Xander Diamant role uh, from, yeah, that could be. from last that could year, be. but do you really want to burn a red shirt on a guy who could battle for the starting position for the next couple years? All right, let's move on yep. to running back. Indiana has sent a third straight running back um, to the NFL draft. Uh, we'll see where Divine Redding lands, uh, but they'll have to replace another thousand yard rusher. This year, the projected starter is going to be Camion Patrick. The coaches have said that they're going to move him back to running back after sustaining a knee injury last spring uh, that somehow he came back and played with. He flashed his potential at receiver uh, with averaging, I think, 25 yards a catch on six catches. Uh, And then even when he didn't catch the ball the the two or three times he was targeted, he drew a flag. Um, So he's, I think, going to be a, a tremendous running back. And we'll see how he does. If he stays healthy, he's your number one guy. And then you have a log jam uh, for the number two spot. We went with Cole Guest. He's a guy, uh, he played three games last year, got hurt, redshirted, uh, and is back now. So he kind of has the best of both worlds. He's a freshman, but he has some game experience, and he brings right. to the table something that IU just didn't have enough of last year, and then burst at the running back position. He's a guy who will hit the hard, hit the hole hard uh, and and get up to the second level. And, you know, if he shakes a guy or two, he's going to be a home run hitter and, and uh, take one to the house. Now, we debated between Mike Majette, Devontae Williams, um, and Tyler Nate in there as well as one of our ten questions. Um, the issues with Majette and Devontae Williams – are they don't have the burst that Cole Guest has, and they've been banged up all the time. Uh, you know, they've missed games the last each of the last two seasons. Uh, you know, and Mike Pajet was turning into a great weapon on the screen passes, and, and maybe that's mm-hmm. where we see him a lot this year. Devontae Williams was their number one kick returner uh, from a year ago. Uh, so he he's they're not untalented. They're just they haven't performed up to the expectations that – uh, we had when they came in. So I, right now, I think going with Cole Guest is a is a safe bet. I use bring in two freshmen as well, um, with Morgan Ellison and um, uh, the Craig Nelson. Uh, they probably redshirt, uh, but we'll see. If guys don't perform, they're going to need a running back to step in, and Ellison and Nelson could give them that boost that they need.
2: Yeah, of those two, I think Ellison is the more likely. Um, to factor into the running back rotation. Nelson, uh, he could factor into the kick return, punt return game if they're not pleased with what they have there currently. Um, I think you would also see, you know, someone like Juwan Burgess uh, factor in there as well. But um, I think it's possible that Morgan Ellison – Carves out a role as a freshman, but I, I do think they would like, ideally, for these other guys to step up so that Ellison could redshirt uh, and become more of a, a feature back starting next year, starting the year after that. Um, I, I I really like Cole Gas. We talked about that a lot in the podcast. We like how he runs. We like the urgency with which he hits the hole. Um, he's he just he looked. Dangerous every time he got the ball. Um, and it, there was a, you know, excitement picked up a little bit. How the coaching staff opts to use Tyron Natee is going to be very interesting. Um, yep. You know, we all know the role that he had last season in the bacon and legs package. Uh, you know, the Xander Diemont's gone. Does that turn with, you know, some form of it with another player or? Do they carve out a different role for Tyronn as more of a traditional, you know, big back that you bring in in short yardage situations? Only, um, I, I'm not sure. But you know, for now, I think you have a clear cut. Camion Patrick is your feature back, and then you've got a lot of, you know, situational backs that are you know good at different things, which is good. Uh, it's good to have that versatility back there. Uh, it's just a question of kind of who can make yeah, themselves you. the most valuable. I think whoever that is that steps up and is able to be the best all-around second back is the guy that will get the second most carries. And after that, you have, you'll have you have your situational guys like your Devontae Williams and Mike Majette, uh more screen pass, scat back types, uh, or maybe return game types and then Tyler Nati is the, the big back. And then, you know, Ricky Brookins and Alex Rodriguez have proven to be capable when they get chances, uh, and if, if they step up and, and have big springs and impress the new offensive staff, you know, maybe they surprisingly step ahead of of uh, one or two of these scholarship guys and, and get themselves a crack at some carries. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they use kind of these, different types of backs, Métis, Williams, Majette, uh, they're, they're not your traditional uh, tailback types. So it's going to be interesting to see how the coaching staff opts to use them. I know at times we had complaints, uh, and I think legitimate ones, about how, uh, how rare it was to get Majette and Williams the ball outside in space. They were utilized as best as they could have been under the previous offensive staff, I, I I would like to see that addressed by uh, by Mike DeBoard. Um I hope that they get a chance to use their speed a little bit more than they did last season and the year before that. So um, we'll see. It's a very interesting position. It's the you know you have to have a lot of tailbacks. Uh, we know that they get hurt, they get banged up, um, and and it's a tiring, exhausting, grueling position. So you've got to have yep, a lot of them. especially in the Indiana Big Tenies. Yeah, I think Indiana does have a lot of them. So um, I, I think that our projection right now makes perfect sense, but it would not be a surprise to see anybody behind Kameon, any of those guys, step up and, and be the number two or the number three or fall out of favor entirely.
0: Definitely. And, and another position um, that has drawn ire of the fans – uh, in their usage is the tight end position. And it's our final offensive position to talk about IU. I, I, I know we we complained about their, their usage last year, but I was shocked to see that IU's tight ends only caught 10 passes last year in 13 games. I knew it was low. I had no idea it was that low. Um, yeah. And Danny, oh, we have Danny friends starting. He, if you watch the Purdue game, he was just mauling people. Uh, he's a tremendous yep. blocker. Um, in those run situations he could catch the ball as well he's good leaking out on that wheel route he scored twice on that play um and he has he has good hands they just did not throw the tight end the ball last year and i think that hurt the offense a ton especially in the red zone Uh, and then you have ian thomas uh who came on late last year who came on being that he had three catches or two catches um but uh, he came on late last year. He's a guy who who is an athletic tight end. He's a good blocker as well. Uh, he could catch the ball. I did target him in the, in the red zone a few times. Uh, but he's going to step up in there. And then after that, you have, you have a log jam. Sean Bonner is a redshirt freshman who could play. Uh, Austin Doris is a guy who we've been high on, um, who has the athlete you know, he's a quarterback in high school. He has the athletic ability to be a really good tight end. Uh, he played well against the FIU as a blocker as well. And then uh, we'll see where you go from there. Uh, you have Peyton Hendershot coming in, who who's a big play receiver guy. We'll see if he could slide into that rotation. And Mike DeBoard, um, his tight ends, I I. I believe they went for 45 catches uh, something like that um, yep. last year so he's going to use that tight end more although anybody could use the tight end more than than Kevin Wilson and and that staff did so that they, they have the players there people you know we're talking about Jalen Hurd trying to transfer and you know we we need a tight end IU has good tight ends that they, they, they these are very good tight ends um, we'll see how they're going to recruit that position in the future uh, with uh, Danny friend and Ian as seniors uh, losing them, but uh, bringing in Hendershot having Austin Doris and Sean Bonner are three, you know, pretty good ones as well. And I, I'm excited to see what this position can be like when it's actually utilized correctly. Yeah, I,
2: I do not have anything to add there. Um, other than to say, uh, I just, I, I really want to see these guys utilized in the red zone. Um, when you're Everybody a team does. that is struggling, yeah, when you're a team that's struggling <laughs> to figure out red zone offense, um, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me why you wouldn't throw to a big target more often yeah, like it, Ian it. Thomas or a Danny friend. So, Yep, I I would Danny you know, Friend is one of my steps. favorite guys to watch because of how well he blocks, uh, and I, I'd love to see that effort get rewarded with some more targets. And it's not just a reward, I mean it it's actually, you know, very efficient. And it they're typically uh shorter throws that just keep the chains moving. And I, I, yep, I they, for a quarterback like Richard Lego that can be very helpful. I so I, we'll see. I mean it, it makes so much sense to use them more that uh can't imagine it
0: doesn't happen so go try yeah it. it's like the plays it's like the plays you drew up in the in the playground when you're playing uh, you know touch football with with your friends at, at recess you tell the tallest guy go to the end zone you stand there wave your arms and I'll throw you the ball you know yeah. it, 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 these guys are all 6'4" and above um, you know and, and they're going to get mismatched on on some smaller guys, and if that happens, you take 10 steps, turn around, and I'll throw you the ball, uh, and it should help uh, the red zone. Let's switch to defense, uh, TJ, uh, here in the last uh, 20 minutes. So uh, defensive line is you, you lose Ralph Green, uh, but that that's all they lose. But you're going to see, you might see some of these freshmen that they brought in uh, come in. Uh, but right now we're, we go with uh, Greg Gooch at defensive end. He played pretty well uh, with Niles Sykes, yeah. backing him up. Sykes played, I, I thought, you know, played fantastic at times last year. Just needed that extra little speed burst to get, get a couple more sacks. And then on the other defensive end, you have Robert McRae, who after his shoulder injury was a big addition to that line. And I think Jacob Robinson is going to slide back, Um to that second team. All the thing with the defensive line is they're going to have to go three deep at each position and maybe four deep at, um, at defensive tackle. These guys, they're bigger guys um, and playing these up-tempo offenses, they get gassed quickly. Um, So having two or three teams, quality teams go in, it's not a knock on Jacob Robinson's um, ability He's just—they need him on that second team uh, to come off the bench and and create some havoc there as well. So our starters: Greg Gooch at defense end. Nate Hoff is going to be back at defensive tackle after a solid year. Uh, we went—the um, one we had the most discussion about is the other starting defensive tackle. Uh, we went with Jerome Johnson. Uh, he's a guy. It uh, was a late addition to the 2016 class out of Mississippi. Uh the coaches love him. And then we have Juan Harris, out of uh, who's in for the spring practice. He is an absolute beast, TJ. We saw him in the weight room uh, the other day, and he was benching, I think it was 365 or 415, um, and he made it look easy. It was like he was benching, like, pizza boxes or something, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he's going to be a Haas. You'd think Jerome, him and Jerome Johnson are going to be those two guys at defensive tackle uh, for the future. Uh, you know, Mike Barwick. Mike Barwick is also very impressive in the weight room. I do not want to leave that off. He was impressive in the weight room. He looks a lot better than what we saw last spring. Uh, he had a very surprising year last year. Uh, I know. I yeah. know some of our readers gave us a heads up about it that he'll play well and and credit to them they were right he um turned some heads last year he was a nice guy off the bench uh to put some pressure on on defense so i think the defensive line group is more talented than last year even with the loss of um even with the loss of of Ralph Green i think Jerome Johnson and Juan Harris uh combined should be able to uh, replace that yeah. production so that's the defensive line uh, anything to add there, TJ?
2: Yeah, I, I just they wanted this group to be, Mark Hagan mentioned it a few different times, as did Tom Allen. Uh, they liked who they had last year. They just wanted more of them, and, and now they do. They have more guys. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be very important that they develop a couple of legitimate pass rushers. I think that's the next step for this defensive line. Um, just a couple of guys that consistently can get after the quarterback, you know, uh, Alan Stallings, uh, Omari Stringer, Niall Sykes. I, you know, I, I'm not sure who exactly. Lance Maybe, or maybe Bryant. Lance Bryant yeah. Or, yeah, or Trey Maurice or Britt Beery, uh true freshman that they brought in that I think have a shot to get on the field. Just, you know, if they can do that one thing, if you can get after the pass rusher at an elite level, you get on the field. It doesn't matter what else you can do. You get on the field. Uh, so if that's your one skill, it's a very valuable one. Um, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see if they do that. But it, it's, it's just a deeper defensive line, and it it's makes such a huge difference. If they can have a rotation that stays fresh through the whole game, uh, it, it will make a gigantic difference in close, tight contests, which we know that it's going to happen. I mean, you're going to have close games that you need a fresh defensive line in the fourth quarter to be able to close out games against quality opponents. So, uh,
0: hopefully yeah, the, how many times the, have we saw, you know, we saw it against Michigan uh where right. IU had um O'Corn in the backfield, he scrambles out of a tackle, gets a first down and, and the rest is history. Penn State, you saw if they yep. were a little bit quicker might have had uh, Trace McSorley for a couple more sacks. And, you know, after that, you know, Utah, if you make a few tackles and get him down in the backfield, especially on that first drive, on that third and long, you know, maybe maybe guys, um, the game turns out a little bit differently. Uh, Sean Miner is another guy out of Ben Davis I want to uh, talk about. He's, you know, he's a guy who could – Uh, speak into that uh, onto the field as well. Uh, he's very good. Um, another, uh, it's a lot deeper, uh, this year than last year, even without, uh, Doherty and green. So we'll see how this defensive line does. Um, and, and maybe IU won't have to blitz as much. Let's go to the strength of this defense. The linebackers in the secondary right now, uh, Gray Scales, All-American. You could tattoo his name in our too deep um, for the rest of time. But the big question is who's replacing Marcus Oliver. And I think this is where uh, it, it's going to be a, a matchup type of thing. Uh, you've got three guys who are um, experienced linebackers. You have Damian Willis, who we have as the number one right now. Mike McGinnis backing him up. And then Chris Covington backing up Scales. But I think depending on who IU plays, what their scheme is, you're going to see yeah. maybe Scales and Covington, Scales and McGinnis, Scales and Willis, uh, and things like that. So I think that backup role is going to be situational. There could be situational starters. IU does play Georgia Southern, which runs the dreaded triple option. Um, thank you, uh, whoever scheduled that game. Uh, For that to happen, but um, anyway, I think those four linebackers are going to make up the two deep. Don't be surprised if Mike McGinnis, who is in for spring, jumps Damian Willis. Uh, They did not bring in McGinnis to sit on the bench, but Damian Willis is a good player, um, and I think IU should be comfortable with those four guys uh, making up the linebacker two deep.
2: Yeah, I I think those four are definitely the clear top four. Requan Jones is gonna be right behind them. Uh possible that he improves enough to break into that group. And then after that, Mo Burnham and, and uh Tom Allen's son Thomas Allen, uh from Plant. I I think that the linebackers ahead of them stay healthy. I think you see Burnham and Allen both redshirt and uh and factor into the rotation in twenty eighteen. So
0: um, yeah, you, yeah, have two in, in scales. yeah right. you have two State seniors in scales in yep. Covington. And so a lot of these times you bring in freshmen and, and you'd love for them to play right away. But the best thing is to do is uh, have them take a red shirt, replace their seniors next year, um, yep. and continue building depth. Let's get to uh, the Husky position. Uh, Marcelino Ball is going to be the starter there. He started all last year, yep. played pretty well. And then I think the backup is, again, going to be a situational thing. Um, you know, if they go against a bigger team like Michigan, a uh, bigger run team like Michigan, uh, or maybe Penn State with Saquon Barkley, uh, Michigan State, you, you could see Zeke Walker playing there. If not, I think um, I think we both agree Brian Fitzgerald could be a good fit there as the backup yeah. Husky position. Um, he He's – Probably a little bit better in coverage, uh, we'll see when he comes in for fall practice, uh, but against quicker um, spread teams, you could see uh that happen as well.
2: yep, uh nothing bad there. I think those three names are certainly the uh the guys that figure to be the top three uh, on the sheet. The only question is, are you going to end up using Fitzgerald enough? I mean I'll I'll be clear I do not see him redshirting I just I think the coaches need to make sure that they do use him enough so that you're not wasting a year of eligibility as just him being a spot player. Um I do think he will be used enough. He's a very talented player. Uh big hitter, really good athlete and I I I think he'll factor in uh, on the field. He's a guy that you you find a way to get him out there for some snaps. Um one guy that I think could factor in at husky, um, probably definitely will factor in on special teams, and you know maybe some spot duty at corner as well. I think just a a solid stable piece,
0: uh, binbach That you know, yep. I, I yeah, as senior, long as right? he stays healthy, I believe so. Uh, as long as he yeah. stays healthy, he was banged up at the end of last year. He's a right. guy who uh, has made some tremendous special teams plays uh, and. You know, while he's not the athlete that you'd want in the secondary against some of these faster receiving course, he's a guy who you could plug and play uh, when you need somebody yeah. you could trust. And I, I think he's a nice – he's an underrated uh, piece for this team and should help um, maybe uh, special teams and, and getting more consistent there. Uh, let's go to corner. Um Richard Fant is back for his senior year. Uh, He had a tremendous season last year. Uh, We have Andre Brown backing him up. Uh, If Andre Brown is healthy, I think they play him there. Um, We'll see if he is healthy. Uh, Otherwise, these two, uh, the two freshmen, Raheem Lane and uh, Damian Hunt, could break into that. And I think both of those freshmen, if the guys behind Riggins and Fant don't perform, could jump in and play right away uh, as – as true freshmen, just like Aishon Riggins did last year. Uh, We have Riggins at the other corner, had a a great year, um, missed a bowl game with an injury, which is too bad. Uh, But Tyler Green, behind him, played really, really well uh, in that bowl game in spot duty after he got burned against FIU for a long pass. I think he spent a lot of time on the bench and then came back in spot duty and played well, got his confidence back up. And yeah. he's a guy you could see play a lot of football for IU next year, both on special teams, maybe as a gunner, and on defense as that backup corner.
2: Yep. I think that those, uh, I think the first three, uh, Fenton and Riggins are definitely starting. Tyler Green will definitely be uh, part of the rotation after that at the battle. Andre Brown, Brown Raheem Lane, with Damian Hunt. Uh, a couple other guys that could factor in, but I think that those uh, those five names are, are kind of the, or I guess six names, are sort of the guys that uh, stand out right away. That's uh, the the first. I mean, for the first time, I think in a while, um, you feel great about those top two corners that Indiana really has two uh, legitimate, really good corners out there and that's a comforting feeling to have going into a season.
0: Yep, and then we'll finish up with safeties, which we talked about. Actually, we'll finish up with kicker and punter. Um, But the safeties, which we talked about earlier, Jonathan Crawford is as good as anybody in the Big Ten, um, and and Tony Fields has played really well last year uh, as well. So those two are going to be your starters, and then you're going to have Chase Dutra and probably Juwan Burgess uh, back backing him up. If, uh, if Burgess can win that job as, as a true freshman, it might not be easy, but he's a guy who's yeah. just too athletic to keep off the field in, in most spots. And I, I think he could beat out, uh, the guy who's there. Chase Dutra is, is a nice backup to Jonathan Crawford, uh, as well.
2: Yeah. yeah Khalil Bryant, another solid piece. I mean, it, safety is really deep. Um, Really deep with, with a good mix of hard hitters, uh, playmakers. Just, I mean, really good athletes at the safety position. It's as good as I can remember being in Indiana.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's it's um, probably the best they've had since Nick Polk and Austin Thomas were back there um, on that bowl team, uh, and even in, in two thousand eight. This group's deeper. This group's deeper yeah, than much, that one was much so much deeper. Uh, let's get to, to special teams. This is where a lot of uh, battles and questions might take place as well. Um, special teams was de-emphasized by Kevin Wilson, and <laughs> it, it, it's a aspect of the game where IU needs to be better. Um, Griffin Oaks missed four field goals inside the red zone that hurt IU's efficiency. Uh, maybe it it, it Affected play calling as well, but he is also he has also been um, he has also been Big Ten kicker of the year. We know he could do it, so I think he's going to be the projected starter. Uh, we had Logan yep. Justice as the backup. This is before um, uh, man it, Brayton, uh, another guy um, top yeah. kicker out of Colorado, is going to be on the roster in the fall. I, I think Cameron Brayton will be the backup kicker and push Oaks for the starting position at punter um, i u brought in Australian uh, Hayden Whitehead. I think he's going to beat out he's in for spring I think he beats out joseph Gideon uh, for that position. Uh, Gideon was too inconsistent last year. he had too many punts blocked. I rewatched that ball state game, and there were three or four punts that should have been should have been um uh, should have been blocked. So, you know, he's gonna have yeah. his work cut out for him and then uh that that does it for our two deep. Yeah, I I concur with you
2: that the addition of Brayton was very interesting. Uh he appears to be the kicker of the future for Indiana is a good under the radar pickup, uh, very impressive stats for him from high school. Um I think go holds him off and and wins the job, but he'll have to perform well to do it. Uh, and then I think Hayden Whitehead, even though we don't know much about him at all, um, I mean, there's coming from the program he does. It seems like they only put out quality punters. Ray Guy Award uh, so,
0: winners. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I don't see any reason why we wouldn't project him to to win the job based on the limited information that we have we'll know a lot more about him uh in the spring since he is an early enrollee and um we'll we'll see him in the spring game and during spring practice so that'll tell us pretty quickly whether or not he's as good as we hope he can be
0: yep well that does it for our podcast on the Too deep uh thank you for sending in your questions uh, that was a tremendous uh, podcast, I think, TJ. But uh, keep following us at Hoosier underscore Huddle on, on Twitter. Uh, check back at com as well. Uh, check out our support page on ways you could help uh, support the site, keep the good content coming. Uh, there's free ways. There's ways where you could donate through PayPal as well. And then eventually we'll have some gear, The uh, Hoosier Huddle, huddle gear, and uh, maybe some restaurant deals around Bloomington as well. So thank you, TJ, for joining us, and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely, yeah, it was a pleasure. And uh, thanks, everybody, for
2: hanging in there with us, and we hope you enjoyed this show. We'll have plenty more before the spring. So our running back preview coming up tomorrow. Wide receiver preview is up uh, right now. So head to the site and uh, get all the info you need
0: to get you ready for spring yeah, that does it for today's podcast. We'll be back with the spring update next week uh, or spring preview next week, and we'll have all our writers on talking about the positions that they broken down uh, for the site. and uh, of course, keep following us on Twitter and Facebook and have a great day. Spring football is right around the corner, starts March fourth. Spring game is April thirteenth.
1: Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.